Welcome to Northern Gold, a football podcast from the Evening Express and Press and Journal. I'm Ryan Crail, and today I'm joined by Paul Chalk, Danny Law, Sean Wallace, all fresh back from their, their three-week winter break. How are you guys? Hi, Ryan. Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. It's always a concern, isn't there, in, in these situations that, yes, you've had the break, you're feeling fresh, but are you going to be match sharp for this one? We'll see. We've got plenty to discuss. We've got our Premiership team sets return to action next week, Tuesday night, for both Aberdeen and Ross County, as well as Inverness, Peterhead, Cove and Elgin to discuss, as always. But yes, we'll start with the Dons. There's been a lot of sort of I suppose, transfer rumours about outgoings, incoming players. Uh, first of all, Sean, let's start with the signing on Saturday, Dante Polvara, signed from the American college system. I think it was at Georgetown University in the States. It's obviously an interesting one, isn't it? It's hard. It's one that's hard to put your finger on. Whether you know what level has he been playing at? What level is he going to arrive at? Is he going to be the sort of player that can go straight into the team? Is he going to be a player that's going to have to wait a bit and get used to the sort of Scottish game before he's you know a regular starter for the Dons? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult one to judge because he's coming from a level, a college level, where obviously people over in Scotland have little understanding of what that level is. Yeah, we can only gauge him so far on the video clips we've seen, which doesn't really offer much of an insight because no one's going to post bad video clips. <laughs> but from what I've seen, he looks an exciting talent. And earlier this week, uh, I talked to his, his coach, well, former coach at Georgetown University, Brian Rice, and he was enthusing in, in his praise for Povara, saying that he's one of the best players he's ever worked with, uh, an exceptional athlete, and says that he, he basically ticks all the boxes for a midfielder. He says he's a fantastic passer, can find the uh, pass to unlock a defence, can do his defensive duties, very robust, six foot four, highly physical. Says he can. Uh, find cross-field passes to open up play, can score from distance, can score in the box, is a threat, strong in the air. So everything is there that you would look for in a young, exciting signing. But it, I think it's a big step up from college football in the United States to the Premiership. But, I mean, it's a new market. Well, it's a market that Aberdeen have went into. They've got the best player at college level for this season. He just won the Herman Trophy, which is to recognise the best player at that level. So I'm excited about his arrival, although I don't really know what we're getting, to be honest. We'll find that out. But but, yeah, but but his coach says he's confident that he's ready to come in and if selected for the first team, that he'll be able to make that jump up. I suppose the description Brian Weiss gave us I mean it sounds very much like he'd be a player that'd be suitable and technically able to play in a sort of number 10 role or something which is obviously I mean we've discussed it often enough that that in midfield is really what Aberdeen have lacked I suppose since Kenny McLean left the club a a player that can he's in the middle of the park but he's got an ability to put his foot on the ball pick a pass you know open things up as opposed to just being a sort of like an up and down sort of box to box really fit really physical Midfielder, although of course his athleticism was uh, talked up as well, Danny. I mean, I, I mean, I like. I mean, the. I mean, it sounds from the the list of uh, glowing attributes uh, from his former coach that it sounds like Aberdeen are signing Zidane. I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, I like the signing. It's. 
It's intriguing. It's certainly thinking outside the box. Clearly a player with potential. I'm I'm with Sean. You're always wary of judging players on YouTube. Um, I've seen so many YouTube compilations of players that have turned out to be terrible. Um, so, you know, you you watch it and it does give you an idea, but what you don't understand really is, you know, the level that they're performing at and the level of opposition that they're playing against. You know, where would, you know, what would be the equivalent Scottish team to, you know, Georgetown University in standard? We're not really, you know, too sure about that. But, I mean, it sounds from all the references and, I mean, you can see the the way that he is on the ball, that he looks like he could be a very good player. I'm not really expecting him to be, you know, first team starter this season. Certainly not initially, although, you know, if players leave, that might end up being what happens. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it seems to be a kind of a, um, you know, a, a decent move from the Dons and the American market with the Atlanta United partnership, um, Stephen Glass and Alan Russell's knowledge of of, uh, of America and the other US connections that are, you know, in the Dons setup just now. I mean, this could be a productive area for Aberdeen if, if this um, signing turns out to be a success and it turns out to be a player that, you know, maybe in a couple of years' time that they can sell on for a good transfer fee. So um, it's, a, it's a really interesting one. And, I mean, hopefully from an Aberdeen perspective, he might turn out to be a really shrewd acquisition. I suppose you find yourself wondering, um, well, I find myself wondering, would Georgetown University win the Highland League? Um, I watched their, I watched the clip of their, uh, or the highlights of their final that they had, the national final, and... I've got to say, I wasn't I wasn't overly impressed by the standard, and yeah, I, I suppose as we've said, there will be a um, a, a period of adaptation for uh, Polvara in terms of the physicality. I imagine of the league, like the American game, seems to be quite a technical sort of sort of tiki taka style of a of a can use that um, hackneyed term. In terms of outgoings, obviously in the build up transfer window, we're talking quite a lot, and have been talking in the first few days of it um, quite a lot about Calvin Ramsey. Ryan Hedges, Lewis Ferguson potentially moving on from the Dons. Obviously, Calvin Ramsey's got a lot of suitors, a lot of big clubs um, linked to him. Ryan Hedges, Blackburn seems to be the the place for him on a pre contract or a move in January. And Lewis Ferguson as well has obviously been subject to previous inf- um, interest from like Watford. But I mean, there's not really been any sort of concrete stuff happening yet, has there? Nothing yet. I mean, there's been a number of clubs inquired about Calvin Ramsey, but there's been no concrete bid. Aberdeen are braced for that to change during the window. They anticipate a bid coming in. But Chairman Dave Cormack's already said they don't have to to sell players during this window. And that's despite posting their operating losses of more than $5 due to the pandemic for the financial year 2020-21. It's Aberdeen, they're in a relatively strong position considering. With regards to Ryan Hedges, it's my understanding that a pre-contract has been agreed verbally with Blackburn, but he's yet to sign it. So that, and Blackburn are now looking at potential other options. So it's still up in the air with regards to Hedges. I mean, my, my feeling with that one is that, you know, if good bids come in for all three of these players, then, you know, you potentially have to let them go. I mean, I think especially with Hedges and Ferguson, I mean, they're, you know, two players that have essentially indicated that they don't really see their, their long-term future with Aberdeen. So I think that if you are able to, you know, cash in and bring in a, 
you know what would be a reasonable a decent transfer fee for those players then you know i think from a you know a squad perspective it's probably better to have you know players in the group um who you know see aberdeen as as, as the place that they they really want to be um I mean, I think with both of those guys, neither of them, and I think Stephen Glass has stressed this, that he wouldn't see either of them as the type to down tools. But obviously, you know, naturally, when players are coming towards the end of their contracts, you know, subconsciously, you are going to be trying to, you know, <laughs> it'd be the, the worst time for them to get injured and things. And all that come, plays into, into the mind. But I mean, also it's a period, I guess, when you're hoping from a, a, you know, a management perspective that perhaps they're, they're you know pushing as hard as they can and trying to impress to get as best move as possible for their career. But I think if a if a good transfer fee comes in for either of those players, then you know Aberdeen would probably be of a mind to accept it. Calvin Ramsey's a different scenario, but I think the ideal situation there would be for Aberdeen to you know take a a big chunk of money for him and then get him loaned back for the the rest of the season. Um, but I mean, the form of young players can fluctuate. Um, Drastically, and we've always seen, you know, a lot of you know young players that have been tipped um, to go on and, and do great things, and you know things things can change quickly as well. So Aberdeen might want to, if they can get a, a good transfer fee for Calvin Ramsey, think well, we might might not get more than this in you know a year's time or two years time. So um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all three of those, because you're anticipating a bid to come in for all three of those at some stage during this window. I I, th- I think I agree with Danny in that. There's no way Hedges or Ferguson would down tools. I think they would com- continue to give like full effort if they were to continue beyond this window. But I'm of the opinion that, especially with Hedges, Aberdeen offered him the best possible deal they could a couple of months ago. He still hasn't signed it. So to me, that indicates he clearly sees his future elsewhere. So I think the best option is, if possible, cash in in January and use that money to get Jamie McGrath from St Mirren because McGrath is a player that excites me and I think he could add an extra dimension to Aberdeen. What about Ryan Broom, Sean? Obviously, he's the <laughs> he's the, uh, the Peterborough United winger who's on loan at Plymouth in League One at the moment. I think Plymouth are in the middle of League One and he is, um, you know, I, 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 it is understood that should, would head, um, should Hedges go that Broom is an option that Aberdeen are already exploring and yeah. sort of sending out to try and find out if they can get hold of him i mean i've i've, I've already said in our our whatsapps on twitter all over the place to anyone that'll listen basically i'm out in the street with a, a bell shouting it um that, that regan charles cook from ross county who's out of contract in the summer looks a infinitely safer option if you're bringing a winger in and um, for me but what, what do we make a broom broom isn't a potential signing that excites me i mean he's been playing in the English lower leagues. And when you look at his stats, he's only scored six goals in 56 games at quite a, in the lower echelons of the English sort of setup. So for me, I, I can't see him. I, I think if you get a sign in, it's got to be of a similar level, at least, or an upgrade. And I may be proven wrong, but I don't see Ryan Broom as being that. I suppose it's what we've been. I mean, the whole the whole reason Dante Povara to go back to him excites Aberdeen fans is that for years that Aberdeen fans have been moaning about going in only signing players from League One in England, um, and it seems in recent times that the, the the focus has shifted a little bit to 
sort of the, the players from the the better players from the teams lower down the Premiership if they can get hold of them. Obviously, it's quite a difficult one, if, especially if English teams start getting interested. And you know, looking further afield. So I don't know if Ryan Broom necessarily fits that. Um, okay, so we're also expecting to, it to be confirmed that Ronald Hernandez is leaving. He is going to Atlanta permanently. Shock horror! Um, at some point in the next couple of days. Uh, what about the other gaps then that Aberdeen are still going to have to fill potentially in January because Jack Gar hasn't really made an impact at right back since he's come in from Atlanta. He's been linked with a move back to the USL, the second team in America. We're expecting Dean Campbell to be loaned out potentially to Kilmarnock to work with Enem Kinnis again. If Ramsey's sold, as we've discussed it, we, we kind of expect he probably will be. There's not a lot of cover at right back or left back. I mean, Campbell was covering at left back and he was a centre mid, but left back earlier in the season. Gurr and Ramsey are the, the two right backs on the books. What are they, you know, how are they going to fill these these uh, positions? I, mean, I think they'll have to they'll have to get 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 someone in certainly um, at right back if um, if those players were to disappear. I know that you know they've tried. You know, Ross McCrory can do a job there. Funzo Ojo can do a job there. But um, but I think they would be trying to get a um, a specialist right back in, or you know hope that if Calvin Ramsey was to go, that he was going to be getting loaned back to the club. Um, I think I think from a Dean Campbell perspective, I think it'd be a good move for him to go out and loan. Um, for his development, um, because obviously, you know, centre midfield has it's been a position where it's um, you know certainly with the arrival of Scott Brown, it's been difficult for him to get as many games as perhaps he would have liked, um, and I think that he would benefit from some time away from Pataudry. Um, um But yeah, I mean, I think I mean I think the, the big the big position is um, you know is, is probably an attack um, because you know uh, an injury to to Ramirez and. You know, would leave Aberdeen with a huge problem. So they need to. I think that's that's the the one area of the team just now. Without if if say no one was to de- depart, then that's still the area of the team that that looks lightest to me. Let's yeah. speculate then. What what about the striker that I've suggested in the notes for this episode? He's he seems to be not doing too well in his current club. We know he can do it in Scotland. What what we're, what we're thinking about him? Um, Shankland. I would say no. I I, I, I I don't believe you should go back to a club where you failed to make an impact. I don't I don't believe in this, so I've got something to prove. Yeah, I mean he was given his chance at Aberdeen and didn't really take it. There's no doubting that he was prolific in the championship with Dundee United, but last season he didn't really deliver the goals you would expect from a main striker. Nine goals isn't enough for me. Although I always keep a keen eye on Shanklin's career and I've always wanted him to do well because I remember when he first signed for Aberdeen, I remember interviewing him and how he just talked about how he'd worked in a factory. So I always thought, you know, he's came from, he knows what a hard sort of nine to five job is. So he's not coming like from an academy system. So I've always wanted him to do well. I think he was. I think when he then left Aberdeen, he was working as a personal trainer as well, and he's a lovely guy. Yeah, um, right, uh, right back. Just to go back to that, is there any kind of options you see in the Premiership or whatever at the moment for that position? I know that Sean Rooney, although um, he's maybe not the most technical player, but for sheer power and force of will and running down that right flank, Sean Rooney's one that maybe, given St Johnson's issues at the moment, could potentially be a, an option. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's he's um, he's a player that's you know really. You know, hugely impressed um, since 
since move, I mean, he was impressive at um, at Cali Thistle, but at St Johnston, he's he's kind of taken it up a notch. I think he's been really keen to um, to get down to England, but um, but he would be, you know, he'd, he'd certainly be a good a good signing because um, he's someone that you know provides <laughs> provides an unlikely goal threat as well from uh, from the right back position, um, and yeah, I mean, he's been. I think he would he would be a good addition. Um, whether that's whether that's where he sees himself, whether that's something that's a, a realistic option, I think obviously it depends on you know on, on players going out in the Calvin Ramsey Calvin Ramsey situation as well. Likes a big big game goal as well. Never know if they get more than ten million for Calvin Ramsey. There's a lot of dosh there to play with. <laughs> uh, just to very very briefly touch because we've talked about the Dons for seventeen minutes now, but uh, the Rangers game on Tuesday. Return of fans, the news about that is obviously a big positive for the Dons, given like financially as well as um, in the game itself, the back of the, of the fans for the team. But it does feel like a bit of an unknown, these situations, doesn't it? Because usually you'd come back from the winter break with a cup game against you know, lower league opposition. You'd kind of ease yourself into things. But are, are we expecting that to be a factor in the game? Obviously, Rangers will go in as favourites. Um, you'd imagine Marley Watkins, I think, is expected to be out for the Dons. He's been pretty influential this season when he's been available. I think it's good for um, for Aberdeen, though, because I mean they will. I mean Rangers will go into the game as favourites, but I think that given that both teams are going to, you know, be lacking sharpness, then you know that sort of scenario favours the um, you know the underdog in that. In the, in the same way that you know the Scottish Cup ties. I imagine that you know Cove Rangers would have wanted to have played um, Hibs before they played a game because Cove are kind of up and running and up to match speed, and um, and Hibs maybe wouldn't be after the um, the three week break. So I think I mean I think Aberdeen certainly with the fans there as well. Um, I I think that it's a it's a great opportunity for Aberdeen to make a um, you know a great start to the new year. Yeah, I don't think it'll be anything just from either team. The game's too big. I mean, it'll be. It'll be a, a big crowd, everyone up for it, players will be up for it. I don't think it'll be any fatigue or ring rust. I think I'm anticipating a cracking game. I really can't wait for it. I, I must admit, I fear the worst when they put on, the Scottish government put on the 500 uh, limit on crowds. I really didn't anticipate being back to this normal level so soon. I'm just delighted that we are. Can't wait. And Nicholas Dunya solid there. Um but yeah, let's hope the, the Rangers game, Aberdeen Rangers game at Potodri on Tuesday is a is a good one, a cracker to return from the winter break. But as a former colleague of ours used to say, Sean, cut to next scene. Anyway. <laughs> Next up, we'll discuss Ross County, who returned to action as well on Tuesday with a home fixture against Motherwell. Northern Goal is brought to you in association with Aberdeen Sports Village. With memberships to suit all ages, Aberdeen Sports Village is for everyone in the community. I'm there all the time to interview athletes, play football on the indoor pitches, swim or use the gym. But you can also dive, choose from over 100 exercise classes, play racket sports, chill in the sauna and steam room, run on the athletics track and more. Achieve your goals at Aberdeen Sports Village. Search for Aberdeen Sports Village online for more information. Right, Chalky. Discussion first of all about County's transfer activity. Uh, there's been a bit of, bit of breaking news. Um, or uh, I don't think it was maybe intentional on County's part, but uh, I think the crew bosses let the, the cat out the bag and one potential incoming. But I mean, so far, most of the activity has been outgoing. They lost Harry Clark, obviously. 
week or so ago. Um, Arsenal recalled him, then he went to Hibs. Um, Arsenal clearly viewed it as a step up. Uh, they also loaned out Cole Donaldson from centre-backs. He wasn't getting too much game time. And Man City loanee Alex Robertson was sent back, probably by mutual agreement due to a similar uh, lack of game time. But they've brought in centre-half Declan Drysdale. He's the first signing of the window. 22, six foot five. seems to talk a decent game. He's had five championship appearances, I think, for Coventry City. Are we expecting him to be a starter for County or are we expecting you know, him to be a you know, an option off the bench? I think it depends um, in what shape County are are at, even even into next week, because I think Malky Mackay, the manager, is looking at another three minimum uh, to come in after this one. Obviously, as you mentioned, Ryan, uh, Kane Ramsey, um, uh, just uh, given away by the crew, Alexandra boss last night, is uh, on his way, a Southampton defender who um, we were talking about clips earlier on and the uh, Andy Skinner, my Inverness colleague, put a clip on of him and he really impressed on the, the P&J website earlier, uh, bursting forward on the, the right-hand side. So that's a, another one. I think starting with Harry Clark, I mean, that was a, a real hammer blow right at the start of January for the Ross County fans to, to see Harry disappear like that. He's been a standout, not just for Ross County, but within the Premiership, he's been one of the key players. I think everyone who saw that uh, 5-0 demolition of Dundee saw what he was all about, storming forward, and his defensive uh, class has been shining through. You could see that he's a top, top player, and it's no surprise that Hibbs and what they're about with their, their changes going into their game at Celtic Park next week, wanted to recruit quickly and with quality. So that that was um, that was a sore one for Cole Donaldson. We kind of Cole just needs game time. He's been out of the picture for for too long. Cole's maybe one that uh, let's see how he gets on down with Yogi Hughes at Dunfermline. Not the best start, obviously, at the weekend with a with an on goal. But listen, if he can get some games under his belt, and then I'm sure Malky can assess where he's at. Uh, come the come the summer, but yeah, three more players at least coming into Ross County, and um, you would imagine mainly defensive. And I think the, the Staggies fans, Ryan, would be sweating with uh, you uh, trying to get Charles Cook away uh, on a move to Pizzodri. Uh But you can, I can understand why because he's been terrific. He's their top scorer actually at the other end of the park with with six goals. I think ahead of um, Blair Spittle. So I think retaining a player of his class who's really been transformed under Malky Mackay, is going to be another bit of an important business this month for County. Yeah, um, as you said, still looking to get more defensive reinforcements in with one obviously really close now for the cat out of the bag. Uh, Tuesday at home at Motherwell, it looks to be a good night for County to get a result. There's a couple of teams, there's a couple of fixtures where it's two of the other bottom six teams playing off against each other. Yeah, Motherwell. It's going to be a it's going to be a challenging one based on how Motherwell have been so far this season. But do we do we think County can get a result? Yeah, I think especially at Dingwall. I think I was speaking to uh, Richie Hart recently, who does a lot of work with Ross County TV, and uh, there's something about when they play at Dingwall at, at the moment. They're they are really really a tough nut to to crack. And he pointed out the the Hibs game where County were one 0 winners that night, where they they dug in. Uh, when it was level um, and really, really, you know, found a way to to win that match and in fact could have won it more handsomely. Um, 
having the supporters back again, like you, you said, with Aberdeen against Rangers next week, that's going to be massive. The county fans really will rally behind the, the Staggies next week. Motherwell have been impressive, a wee bit under the radar, uh, but they have got, as things stand, the Scottish Premiership's top scorer for the moment. Tony Watt, before he departs to Dundee United, whether that happens sooner rather than later, we don't know. But um, I, I think it's, it's a real cracking game at Dingwall to, to get started with. And I think County, as you say, really will be targeting the three points, especially with St Mirren at Dundee United, Livingston against Dundee. Those are the two other fixtures that you're looking at. St Johnson are bottom of the league, of course, right now, and really struggling. They are going to Tynecastle. You wouldn't expect them to leave Edinburgh with, with anything as well. So um, rivals are going to drop points. So if County can take a, a victory next week before they head to Livingston in the Scottish Cup, that would be massive for them. Moving across the Highlands then to Inverness, they've continued to play. Obviously, they don't get a winter break down in the Championship. Um, a 1-1 home draw with uh, another title-chasing side race at the weekend. Yeah. I think it was... I think Billy Dodds afterwards, um, and I think it was to you, Paul, he, he was talking about the amount of draws they've had this season. I think that's their sixth league yeah. draw. And I think you, you had some stat in a piece that I read by you that was something like in 14 games they've had X amount of wins. You know, it's not, not a very high number of wins. But I suppose, on the other hand, they've been tight games. They've drawn them rather than lose them. And as you see from our growth, we're one place above at the summit you know they've had even more draws but it shows you that as long as you can avoid uh, losing these tight games that can be really valuable um, over the course of a season uh, yeah you're, you're right Ryan I mean you look at it in the face of it three Inverness uh, wins I think it is in 14 um, which isn't great clearly for a, a team that's gone for the, the title but the flip side is they've only lost three so all those draws have put points on the board against their rivals. And the key thing is, as well for Cali Thistle, is in the head-to-heads with, with the, the four teams in and around them, no one has got the better of Inverness. And here we are in, in the second half of the season. They're on a par with our broth. Uh, they're on a par now with uh, Wraith um, after a couple of draws. In fact, they're, they're ahead because they beat Wraith earlier in the season. And uh, they've taken care of Kilmarnock twice and... Um, and, and Patrick Thistle as well. I've got four points from them. So, you know, Billy Dodds obviously spoke about Derek McInnes going into Kilmarnock and Killy have got the opportunity on, on Friday night to move top of the table before Cali Thistle play if they were to win at Patrick Thistle. So, um, Derek McInnes has gone in, but from Billy Dodds' point of view, is he's focusing on his own team and what they've already done against Kilmarnock. Uh, you know, the end of January, Kilmarnock might well, and I'm sure they will look different. But Billy Dodds is also looking to recruit a couple of players, um, which I think would give the fans a, a, a real lift as well, Ryan, just to see some new faces. And obviously, Michael Gardine has moved on, so they're scoped for at least one to come in, but possibly two. Um, Billy's of a mind that Cali Thistle right now don't need a, a lot of tinkering. They, they're, they're ticking away quite nicely overall, a wee bit like our broth. But strange, strange league that we're talking about the draws and how that, that's been important for, for teams not to be losing. Our broth could get knocked off the top of the table after going through a 12-game unbeaten spell, just losing at Air United at the weekend. So it's a fascinating league, one, one of the tightest in Britain, when you look at what's at stake here, and to think that one of these five teams is going to miss out even in a playoff, well, let's hope it's not the Highlanders. But yeah, are, are we expecting a, a ferocious Kilmarnock charge in the second half of the season? Obviously, there's now 
a lot more sort of national media interest in the championship now. Dennett McInnes, it seems to, there seems to be anyway. Now Dennett McInnes is in there because I suppose everyone wants to see whether he, being a being a manager who had such a high his stock was so high for so long, being the Aberdeen boss, and you know at certain points potentially looking to mount a challenge against that brilliant Celtic side under Brendan Rodgers, but he's now down in the second tier, and everyone wants to know is he going to manage to you know bring Kelly up and turn them into like a top six force again. Is that are we expecting that to happen really quickly? He expects it to happen very quickly anyway with uh, his statement and it, it was it was uh, remarked upon uh, well the, the Kelly Thistle players and management were asked about it at the press conference last week on the back of Derek saying that not only will uh, come on be out of the league next year all going well according to his plan but also a, a top six premiership team challenging for Europe and why not set the bar high you know it wasn't that long ago that Steve Clark had come up in the, the top half of the premierships I think Derek McInnes is quite right to get in and use those kind of motivational words to get Kilmarnock firing because for some reason it didn't happen under Tommy Wright which I have to say surprised me especially at Rugby Park Kilmarnock just didn't get their game together and even before Derek came in the players were not firing on all cylinders. They drew it home to, to Morton as well at Rugby Park. So, um, uh, Kilmarnock, Billy Dodds has said all along, Kilmarnock are the team with the biggest budget, the biggest fan base, the team to beat. And they will now, with Derek McInnes's, um expertise and, and who he can bring into the club this month, they will be the, the favourites. But, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, cha- it's changed it a little bit, I, w- I would say. But, um it's really down to can the Kilmarnock players deliver for Derek McInnes. They, they got off to a good start down at Queen of the South with the, the victory at, at the weekend. But uh, I think there's a lot of twists and turns to go yet. And you really need to ask why Kilmarnock aren't already comfortably clearing the league. Although I, one thing I would say is um, it's been such a strange championship that Cali Thistle, if you look solely at them, Kirk Broadfoot was saying recently um, after the Arbroath game a couple of weeks ago, the 0-0 game, where the, the ball was in the air for 75 in the 90 minutes. He was saying it was just, um, it's one of these situations where Cali Thistle really could have another 12 points on board. They could actually be well clear. And I think any of the top five could be saying that. A little bit of consistency could uh, already have pulled them clear, but it's now a, a fascinating battle. And I, I, I go all the way down to Patrick Thistle. They are firmly in this championship race as, as well because they've got games in hands on the others above them. And uh, if Patrick were to beat Kilmarnock on Friday, that would be a big statement from uh, Ian McCall's men. Anyway, Inverness, Queen of the South on Saturday. Looks very winnable for them, so we'll see what happens. But fascinating going forward. Right, let's move on. Peterhead, Cove and Elgin to discuss, and that'll be us for this week's Northern Goal. Right, Danny, I'm going to come to you. You were the Sunday man this week. Yep. Uh, Cove's 1-0 win away to Clyde. I mean, it took them took them a while. Uh, it was Ian Viger's reasonably late goal from outside the box, I think it was. It was quite, a, it, for being a goal from Ainge, it was a pretty sort of nice, sort of calm, side-footed finish in the far co- bottom corner, I think. Um, but yeah, Cove, 14 unbeaten now, eight straight wins. It's, it's just ruthless stuff at the moment. They're obviously, I think, seven points clear in mm-hmm. League One over Montrose. They play Montrose this weekend. If they win it, obviously that's ten points clear. It just looks like a huge game for them. But like, do we, do we see Cove taking their foot off the gas until the end of the season now, or is it? No, you know, it looks really strong. No, I mean it's. Um, I, mean, I mean this this is the this is the game of the weekend. 
and the uh, Cove against Montrose because, I mean, if Cove go, you know, 10 points clear at the top of League One, then, you know, really difficult to see them being caught. Um, so this is, you know, hugely pivotal weekend for Cove and Montrose. I mean, Montrose got, they've, they've managed to put together a, a decent squad. They've got, you know, James Keatings and Michael Gardine there now. Um, but, I mean, they had a, they had a disappointing uh, draw against Aloha um, last weekend, which is a huge blow to them because they would have wanted to have gone up to Cove, um, you know, in uh, with a bit of with a bit, with a bit of confidence after after a victory. But I mean, I think it's I, I mean, I think this is this is you know biggest game of the the season so far. Um, and if if Cove win it, then it's yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to to look beyond them. I know that if they were to um, to win that. You know, Paul Hartley and the players would be quick to downplay its significance, but um, yeah, it's a it's a massive game in the context of um, you know Cove's aspirations to get up to the championship. Yeah, and on that subject, I was actually reasonably surprised that Jamie, obviously one of our colleagues, done an interview with Ian Vigers, um, who's coming for this season, and he he said pretty openly, like, look, that my aim for the start of the season and you know the aim of the team was to win the league. You don't play if you don't want to win the league, which is kind of the most bullish we've heard from Cove, like the most bullish birds we've heard from Cove all season long. So maybe maybe they're starting to, you know, get a bit more confident within themselves that, you know, like this is potentially going to happen. Yeah, but I think, I mean, Meany and Vigers is someone who, I mean, I've certainly interviewed after <laughs> plenty of games before and he's a, he's a straight talker and, um, he, I mean, he's not, not one of those that will kind of, you know, just take it one game at a time. He actually does, you know, Tell it how it is, and um, which which is what we always want from players because we like that honesty um, that he brings. But I think, I mean, the position that Cove are in now. I mean, there's, um, I mean, it's it's clear that the you know anything less than than winning the title would be a you know a, a disappointment. I'm sure if they were to, um, I mean, they they've made it clear that they want to you know move up the league, um, and they've got themselves into a great position now, and. They'll be hoping, you know, Saturday evening that, you know, the gap at the top is ten points rather than um, rather than four. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think that the position that Cove are in now and everything they've done so far, they look a, a side that's definitely capable of winning this league. Peterhead, obviously, didn't league one as well. Their game against Queens Park was off because of the weather. It was the weather, wasn't it, Danny? I'm right in saying yeah, that. Yeah, it was a, a waterlogged yeah. pitch. Yes, it wasn't the the dreaded sea. Um, the host Clyde this weekend, and I suppose all Peterhead can do game to game, and something they've been doing over recent weeks is just sort of start or continue closing that gap on the teams above them, the teams that are kind of in the playoff positions at the moment, because it certainly looks like Peterhead could be in that playoff hunt if they just keep picking up points consistently. I know that um, we're expecting Josh Mulligan to be recalled by Dundee. He's been pretty impressive for them. Out wide, Ryan Duncan from the Dons is staying. He's looked pretty influential in the games he's played, although it's only a few to this point because of an injury earlier in the season. But Mulligan will be a blow to Jim McAnally. But do, do we think? Do we think Peter Hedder, You know, it's it seems to be that there's a, a lot of confidence around there. At the yeah, it's all, yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, they've they've lost their last two, but that was against the teams that are the top two in the league, and they pushed, you know, Cove all the way um, at Balmur. I mean, they've. I mean, they can they can definitely be you know looking upwards. They'll be hoping to come out of the January window um, stronger than they went into it. Um, but if they can get a bit of luck with injuries that they haven't always had um, so far this season, and you know make a couple more you know decent loan signings in, then 
you know, they, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Jim McAnally would love to, um, love to guide the team into the playoffs and they do look capable of that. It's, it's just about, you know, they don't have the biggest of squads and sometimes when they get, you know, missing a few players because of various reasons, then, um, then it can become more difficult for them. But they've they've shown this season they're good enough to to be looking upwards rather than just in the league, you know, trying to stay up. That they they kind of have that aspiration to make the playoffs. Yeah, and if they did make the playoffs, you you never know what could happen. That would certainly be very interesting come the end of the season. Elgin, um, they led twice against their bogey team, Edinburgh City, uh, last Friday. But of course, we all know we all know the script. They still couldn't beat them. It ended two two, but. Chalky, safe to say things in recent games have improved for Elgin. They seem to be playing better, creating more chances, scoring more goals. Kane Hester's back in the team and firing. They've brought in a known quantity in Robin Omar. We know what he can do, having played for Elgin previously in midfield. Kevin Handrati, who has impressed going forward for, for Martin United in the Highland Leagues, come on, come in on loan from the Dons. Um, seems like they've added, in, that, in those terms, more creativity, more goal threat. So... Yeah, is it all upwards from here for Elgin? Yeah, they've they've added very wisely so far, and uh, um, I spoke to the goalkeeper Daniel Hobbin last night, who played against Edinburgh last week, and he's delighted to link up again with Rabin Omar, and uh, certainly um, he feels that uh, the addition of Hanrati coming in from Aberdeen, he's a, a guy that's scored goals, as you say, a Highland League level, and um, he's going to be a good player. He said if he's coming from the Dons with, with something to, to prove in these closing months. I know um, my colleague Andy Skinner spoke to Gavin Price, the manager at Elgin, who's looking to do more business in the, the second half of the month, and that will include... Uh, by all accounts, keeping hold of Ross Draper, who's on on loan from Cove Rangers. So, from that point of view, um, Elgin get reinforcements in as they need to. Craig Little, the defender who came in from Stenhouse Muir, he's uh, joined Darville. Um, down the road, he's been training with them and, and in fact been on loan. It's just location-wise that didn't work out for him. But in terms of on the pitch, yeah, we thought it was going to be the, the first win in 14 against Edinburgh. Shane Sutherland scored the last time Elgin got rid of uh, Edinburgh over 90 minutes. So um, it wasn't to be but a 2-2 draw and recent results really have put them... I mean, it got to a, a stage where they were... Looking over their shoulder at Cowden Beath, I think it got to within four points. They're now 11 points clear of bottom side Cowden Beath. They play Albion Rovers at the weekend, and I saw this fixture earlier in the season at Borough Briggs when Elgin uh, put in one of their best displays of the season a 3 0 win over Rovers. They lost down at Coke Bridge, but um, with the results last weekend, Elgin actually jumped above Rovers now on, on goal difference. They've got Stranraer and Stirling Albion in their sights who play each other. So a real opportunity. If Elgin take three points, they'll go on to 24. Something's to give above them as well. And uh, fourth place right now is only five points away. And um, that's that's a massive turnaround from November to mid-January. And uh, yeah, Gavin Price and, and his players, they always felt they had the quality at Borough Briggs, but they weren't just showing it. And I think Kane Hesterman back, as you say, Ryan, is another boost because he's scored a couple of goals lately. What we would give for three teams in the lower league playoff hunt. Well, Inverness as well, of course, potentially looking at promotion up to the top flight. Anyway, that concludes this week's episode of Northern Goal. Thanks to Paul, Danny and Sean for joining me today. Cheers, guys. Thank you, Ryan. Cheers, Thank you, Ryan. Ryan.
As always, if you've got any commentary or queries, whatever, you can email northerngoal at dctmedia.co.uk. Um, you can like and subscribe, that would be much appreciated on your favourite podcast app. And finally, um, enjoy the football, including if you're an Aberdeen or Ross County fan, your team's returning to action. Enjoy the games this coming week. Cheers. Hope you loved the episode, and if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.